doesn't take much effort to see that personal development is everywhere today. It's all around us. It's in our social media feeds. It's on the shelves of bookstores. It's in journals. It's in courses that we buy. It may even be on a couple post-it notes on your refrigerator or inside of a pantry door telling you to stay positive, keep moving forward, and never quit. But in the digital age that we live in today, could there be too much personal development? I mean, it really is everywhere. How do we know what's right? What isn't right? And are we just learning these things or are we actually taking action on them? That is exactly the world that Rob Tracy lives in. Rob is an expert at helping highly driven young professionals maximize their well-being and actually have more fun in their lives. He's the founder and CEO of TAPS Training, a successful and fast-scaling business that encompasses coaching, supplements, video courses, a supportive community, and so much more. And he does this with a lot of education behind him. He holds a Master's of Science in Exercise Science and a concentration in Injury Prevention and Performance Enhancement. Rob is also a fellow SUNY Cortland graduate, and it's always fun to talk to someone from my alma mater. During our conversation, Rob brought up some very valuable points that I think will truly benefit every listener out there today. He talks about controlling what we consume, and I don't just mean calories. I hope you guys find our conversation as interesting, fascinating, and helpful as I did. So are you ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Mike Fancher and welcome to this episode of the MyFit Method Podcast. I am stoked to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am really, really excited because I am privileged to be able to have Rob Tracy on the podcast today. He is an unbelievable professional. He's truly an expert in the world of personal development, training, achieving true productivity in your life, and mastering your mindset. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Tracy. So Rob, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. You know, your fellow Cortland alumni, which is really awesome. What year did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in 2013. C-State. Awesome. C-State, I love it. That's, I'm sure you have some awesome memories from uh, from Cortland. I know right prior to us, uh, actually started recording. We were talking about how you actually played on the football on the the field that is no longer there because a giant hundred and seventy million dollar fitness center has been put in there. Tell me, what is the one memory from Cortland that you remember more than anything else that you just kind of smile back on? Oh man, um, I don't know if it would be just one specific memory. Uh, I would say it's a collective memory of just the connections with everybody that I met. I went in to Cortland with a lot of friends from my high school. Um, there was like five or six of my like good buddies from high school going in and we were all started sort of part of the same friend group. So I was a little nervous going into school, worried that I wasn't going to be able to branch out and connect with a lot of people. But I played football my freshman year. I made a couple of friends on the team there. I retired after freshman year, shifted over into rugby, totally took dove headfirst into the rugby team and loved everybody there and the great memories there. We won Division II state championship and just a lot of friends, a lot of great memories, connections that I still keep in touch with. And it's it's like a it's like a family, the C State 
thing in general. I mean, I was down in Florida and I just run into random people that happen to be C-State alumni. So you never know how far that reaches. And it's just, it's an incredible thing. So I would say the connections is the biggest memory and the biggest, biggest benefit of the school itself. Absolutely. I know I've, you know, my son is a sophomore this year in Cortland and I'll wear a Cortland shirt. Sometimes I'll be walking around someone randomly will be like, see state, you know, out of nowhere. So it definitely is a connection. That, that's really cool. Now you, you've had quite of impact since you graduated and I know you've been on your own for a while now with your own business. What really got you started into the fitness, the accountability coaching side to really have an impact on people's lives? Yeah, I would say, um, the whole fitness world, I think that was kind of like the gateway into personal development, I would say. Way back when, I guess I don't really talk about this too, too much, but my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. And my mom and my sister had left Philly. And that's when we had moved up to New York, bounced around a couple of different schools in the younger grades. And then um, I think it was, a, it was third grade, I finally established in this small town of Highland. And from there, I was just this skinny, dweeby, nerdy kind of kid, totally out of shape. I remember my dad mentioning flag football when I was younger. And I was like, why would I want to run around with flags in my pants? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so I was totally, I mean, I watched a little bit of sports on TV, but I was way more into like video games and just kind of doing the whole video game kind of scene junk food, fast food, all of that. And it wasn't until I moved to that that small town in New York where I had been sat next to this kid in, I think it was like third or fourth grade. And I became good friends with him and we were playing games and things like that. And we became very close. And his dad actually was one of the Pop Warner football coaches. So he really encouraged me to come out for the team and play and start moving. And I, I had no idea what I was doing. I showed up to football practice wearing jeans and I was totally out of place. And I had realized that the popular kids and the athletes that were really leading the team, they they led the warm up. They knew everything. They knew everybody. Everybody knew them. And they just they were just so much physically advanced compared to where I was. And I knew that they had known the warm up and they knew how to get through everything. So I started, I adopted that myself. So I started doing the warm up of the jumping jacks, the push ups, the squats, the small little calisthenics on my own at home. And I went from not playing to, I was like the starting running back the following year. So I just, I totally fell first into the fitness world. And that's where that kind of started. And then the more that I practiced, the more that I played, the more that I took my physical health into consideration, the better that I became. And the better that I became, the more attention that I got from friends and more friends that translated to school. And in order for me to go to my friends' houses to hang out and have fun, I had to make sure that my grades were good. My mom made sure that I had to make sure that. So then fitness led to friends, which led to making sure that my grades were up. And then it just cycled up from there. And sports became an outlet because my family was a little divided. So having friends and having the sports team was kind of like my my own chosen family. So I really wanted to make sure that I kept myself at top physical shape. And that segued into getting into the gym and making sure that I stayed at the top. And then as a role model, the coaches always were putting a lot of pressure on me like, hey, Rob, you got to make sure that you 
lead the weight room and you're leading on the field, but you got to lead off the field as well. So in the weight room, making sure that you're eating right, making sure schools comes first. And that kind of was the gateway for everything. And then after college football, after college rugby, sports was slim. We talked about before we started recording that sports drop off for recreational athletes. And I wanted to find a way that to make sure that I was still in it. Graduating with a kinesiology degree, uh, degree as undergrad, it was easy for me to get right into exercise science for grad school. And that's where I fell into strength and conditioning coaching. So it was an easy segue, sports to the gym, to coaching, and now into accountability, personal development, and wrapping the whole thing up into one personal development kind of world. That's amazing. There was something you said where you went from not knowing even how to play flag football to being the quarterback the following year. I always find it amazing for you know our younger kids as they come into sports. They have no idea what they're capable of. And I actually remember even as a runner, my freshman year of high school, um, you know, I, I ran cross country. I was kind of coerced into, you know, you should run cross country. And in the end, it was because I was a terrible soccer player. Uh, so it was either soccer or cross country because at the time I was five foot 11, I weighed 128 pounds. So I was definitely not going to play football. I would have been dead. <laughs> I remember I was probably one of the worst cross country runners uh, on the team my freshman year um, until the last race of the year. And for the championship festival for all of the county teams, the last race of the year for freshmen is only a mile and a half race instead of the 3.2 mile race. And I just, for whatever reason, had this mindset of, oh, well, if I can run 3.2, then I can really run 1.5 and wound up almost placing first in the county and would have had I not gone the wrong way on the course towards the very end of the course because I didn't walk the the course the day before because of a stupid dentist appointment. <laughs> um, otherwise, I totally would have run, won the freshman race that year. But I remember coming off the race and I was upset that I didn't win, but I was more mesmerized of where did that come from? I had no idea I could do that. And from that point forward, suddenly it was like, I wonder what else I could do. I wonder what else I could accomplish. I wonder how hard I can push. Uh, but it took an event like that for me to think, well, I, if I can run 3.2, I can run 1.5 really fast, um, not knowing what I was capable of. And I watched it now, even with my own kids, as they've gone from you know, grammar school to middle school to high school. My uh, oldest son was a really good track runner in high school. And was the uh he went from a i think in eighth grade he was running maybe six seven minute miles to his junior year in high school he uh broke the five minute mark running 456s on a pretty consistent basis you know that's that's an amazing story you know in today's world i don't know i mean anyone who's on instagram they're on facebook anything today all everyone talks about is so important to set goals and you have to write down your goals. And I think we've gotten a little bit obsessed to this point of um, what the goal is instead of necessarily what the tasks are to achieve the goal. But, you know, goal setting is really a common topic, especially in the fitness world. But in your opinion and how you work with your clients, how do individuals actually set meaningful goals that not only drive their physical pro progress, but also really enhance their mental clarity and 
this evil word that I call motivation that we'll get into it a little bit further. Me and motivation have issues because I, I don't think it's real. But, um, you know, in your opinion, what is important as someone that's trying to implement and set goals for their fitness and their life? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm excited to dive into this uh, motivation monster that you've got going on over here. Um, but I mean, it's it's funny that you actually bring that up because I just had a group coaching call last night and I had a client who is really fixated on achieving a certain weight loss goal. And they really have, uh, I'm trying to peel the layers back on this onion on figuring out why this one specific number is so important to them. Um, but they're really fixated on that. And I was trying to bring awareness of the difference between outcome goals and process goals. And I'm sure you understand how the outcome goal, you're fixating on one specific thing, but you don't necessarily have control over that. So if I want to lose 20 pounds, I can't wake up tomorrow and just lose 20 pounds unless I cut off one of my legs or something. So shifting that you want to keep that same outcome goal still in mind and keep it there on like your goal list but shifting the perspective towards the outcome the process goal so what are the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that are going to help you achieve that outcome goal so for example with her it was okay are we tracking our nutrition or are we at least conscious of what we're consuming are we conscious of what we're expending what are what is our activity levels are we what are how many steps are we getting in how many walks or whatever it might be what are we being what are we being aware of on a day-to-day -day basis that is going to help improve and help us get to that outcome goal so i think for a lot of my clients is bringing that awareness to the process goal over the outcome goal i feel like a little bit this whole goal setting and importance of writing down your goal, posting it on your refrigerator. It's almost been glamorized a little bit of once you do this, the goal is just going to happen. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's all about the tasks that have to be done on a consistent basis to actually get you there. Uh, so I agree with you a hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, that ties into because in today's world, it is so easy to get distracted. Shiny objects, as I call them, are absolutely everywhere. Uh, so everyone has a goal in mind. They're thinking about their task, but yet at the same time, there's the time horizon of that long-term goal. And then there's the instant gratification of what do I want right now? So in a person who's trying to lose weight, they want to lose 20 pounds, but that donut looks really, really good. You know, how do you, in a world full of distractions, do you have any insights on how to maintain that focus and how to stay in line with what your tasks are so that you can actually achieve that goal, not only in workout sessions, but also just your overall productivity in daily life? Yeah, might not be the best answer that you're looking for, but I'm, I'm going to just go straight back to writing down those goals every day not necessarily total, but just keeping the focus on that and eliminating the distractions when you can. So one of the pillars in my coaching, I like to address what you, what you're consuming. So in terms of diet, uh, it's the food, it's your meals and also your media. I like to eliminate, like that. I like to eliminate all the different distractions. I was, 
I'm like a personal development junkie. I love learning and, and it's, I podcasts one after another. And if it's not podcast, it's a documentary on TV where I'm learning something. I'm always in all these different coaching programs. I'm always seeking help from different mentors and I'm always constantly absorbing information. And just like you said with the shiny object syndrome. Every time I listen to a new podcast or a new book or something, I'd have an idea for something else. I'm moving somewhere else. I'm changing my direction, the trajectory for my business, for what I want to do. And I realized that I'm spreading myself too thin. I'm going all over the place. So what I like to do is I like to, I use this, this meal and media menu builder with a lot of my clients where you're basically file it, funnel it down into a few items that you're consuming food wise, but then also media wise, entertainment wise, bringing consciousness to what you're consuming, putting that awareness there. So like now you have an idea of a picture of what it is and Hey, is this necessarily aligned with where I want to go? Or am I spending too much time on Netflix, TikTok, whatever it may be. And for me, I was distracting myself with a lot of development and improvement type things which was beneficial and great for me, but it was also deterring me. So what I needed to do was I needed to slim that down. And to be honest, I'm on a, um, I'm on a restrictive diet right now. I had to pump the brakes. Every time I'd go for a workout, I'd listen to a podcast and make sure that I'd get one down. Now I'm not listening to podcasts when I'd work out. I'm, I have to limit myself because I was consuming too much stuff and I wasn't putting the time and focus into things. So I think really, writing your goals down and making sure that it's top of mind, how we had mentioned earlier, top of mind, making sure that it's there and then limiting the distractions, being conscious of what you're consuming, what distractions are playing playing in the game here. I love that. Absolutely love that. I've never heard of it actually spoken that way. And I talk so often about what you're consuming from a nutritional standpoint and in totally different conversations, what we're consuming in a digital media standpoint your way of bringing those two together and what is your overall consumption both nutritionally and in the digital age or media or whatever it is genius i absolutely love that that is fantastic nutrition itself is everyone's so focused on it from a standpoint of physical health and it is obviously very important what you put in your body is what your body's going to put out in regards to your productivity and, and everything from that standpoint but it also ties so much into mental fitness, mental focus, uh, maintaining energy, all of the things that we say we often don't have the time to do or the ability to do. I don't have time to work out. I don't have the energy to work out. I don't have time to meal prep. Yet, if you meal prepped, you would have more time. So, let me ask, how do you build just the nutrition portion into your coaching, especially I know you work a lot with entrepreneurs, you work a lot with business owners, really to enhance their productivity. How do you tie their nutrition uh, specific on their consumption of just nutrition, not even talking about the digital side uh, into your coaching? It's it's It really comes down to priorities. Um, how important is this for the individual? And each, each individual I work with is different. So they're coming from a different background. They're different resources and time and energy. So it's, it's, a it's a, it's a challenging, but fun game to kind of figure that out on an individual basis. If it's somebody who is desperately 
just short on time and they really cannot figure out how to fit anything in. And I mean, we have to sit down and analyze their day to day. And if, and most of my clients are follow some sort of a schedule. And if, if they're not on a schedule, they have to get on one immediately, just bringing the awareness to what they're doing on a day to day basis. Um, and then going from there is kind of looking, okay, can you allocate the time needed to kind of prep yourself and to buy back your time? If not, do you have the resources available to invest in something like a meal prep service? They're not, they can be a little expensive, but it's not terrible for breaking the bank. And depending on who it is, if they can spend a few extra bucks to just to get that convenience and get things done, then boom, we plan it out. We figure out what they need, what they need and wh- where were they going to get it from? Which source is going to help them get there? So it's that buying back that time. Awesome. That that's really cool. Yeah, time is time is important because so many times um, it's very difficult. Success often comes in ways, uh, you know, just in the wave of you know now it's good and now it's bad. Something I'm hearing more and more people say is what's called sustainable success. So how do you keep that track going, you know, as long as possible? Because whether it's fitness, whether it's people in business, there's often the yo-yo pattern of up and down and it's not only a struggle from a mental acuity standpoint and an emotional standpoint, it can be a huge struggle from a fitness standpoint. I know um, when I owned my own gym, my fitness level was probably the worst it ever was because all my time was spent running the gym. Um, even though I had a true, honest to God, love of fitness, uh, when you're in a gym all day and you're running all the business aspects of the gym, you often don't have the uh, capacity at that point to be like, oh yeah, I was in the gym all day when I didn't do my own workouts. Um, I don't know if you've ever faced the same thing. It's not fun. How are you working people through and how are you helping them manage what is short-term success where you get that nice little bump and then try to take that bump and continue it and push it as long as possible without you know, having them fly backwards and then losing the drive that they have, uh, you know, to continue moving forward. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I I can relate to you a little bit with that working, working in the gym forever and then not finding your own workout. Uh, when I was first getting in, I had left the collegiate setting and I was kind of in a private sector of strength and conditioning and I was working with a facility and yeah, they were just like, hey, man, you want to work one-on-one with clients as much as you can, go for it. And I quickly scaled myself up to 10 to 12-hour days, back-to-back, nonstop, seven days a week. And I, my body was terrible. I'm in the gym 12 hours a day, and I can't even – my workout was just moving the weights around. It wasn't actually getting a full workout in. And and that um, that um that's tough. So what I, what I needed to do at that point was I needed – awareness of what I was doing, why I was working so much, what was the goals and what I needed to do. And that kind of translates over time a lot of my clients now. When they're just starting off, it's okay, where are we at currently? Where do we want to get to and where do we need to get to? And it's kind of looking at that and painting a picture and putting together a blueprint of, okay, this is what we want to aim for. So this is where we're going to go. We're going to have substitutes just in case if something crazy does go array one day. What are we going to do? How, how do we, how do we stop being reactive and how do we start being proactive? 
so that if we know that our day is going to get carried away and we're going to be, it's going to be a long day, are we going to get our workout in a little earlier? Or are we going to take a couple calls while we're out for a walk? So we kind of have like audibles almost like in a, like, like a quarterback. And once we kind of put those in play, I give them the tools to just take it and run and okay. Then we review it at the end of the week. Like, Hey, how did we do? Did we make the audibles when we needed to? Did we execute on the plays that needed to take place or what do we need to do better? And how do we continue going forward? So it's giving them the tools to move in multi directions so that when they get that, and it's all about the consistency, getting that rolling. So get your workouts in when you can, when you can't, what are your substitutes? How are you going to, how are you going to handle that? And then reflection at the end of the week. Again, it all comes down to that focus, right? Of being able to know exactly what you want. Um, And I'm going to tie back to something you said before, because your whole concept of um, your consumption and digital, the digital age, digital technology allows us to consume massive amounts of media literally throughout the day. And so many people today seem to be drawing their quote unquote motivation from TikTok, Instagram, all these little reels of somebody working out, somebody giving some type of fitness advice, nutrition advice, motivational advice. David Goggins running a hundred miles while telling you to stay hard and who's going to carry the boats. However, what I'm finding with people today is we're actually winding up on a nasty hamster wheel of motivation to the point where, and I'm going to make this statement, we've actually become addicted to being motivated not addicted to actually acting upon the motivation, uh, which actually leads us to what I call becoming a motivated procrastinator, uh, which is kind of where we're at today. What do you see on that? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I I'm not gonna be one to say that motivation is not real, but I'm going to say that it's it does come and go at like waves. And what doesn't come and go, what consistently shows up day after day after day is discipline. So whatever it takes for you to get that little bit of motivation to get the ball rolling, once it's rolling, you better hang on and not let that go. And we got to, you got to figure out what it takes to kind of keep that consistency going. I've been waking up at 3.50 every day for, I don't even know how long now. It's just, that's now it's part of my, it's part of my routine. And and I do that because I know I need to get certain amount of things in before my day starts because I, these are the things that I want to do. My gratitude, my, I'm practicing Spanish now. I'm trying to learn Spanish. I'm doing a bunch of little things. I do Wordle. I got to get that in too before my day starts. First cl- my first client's 5 a.m. someday. So I got to make sure that I get everything in and my day squared up and ready to roll. And that starts with a discipline and that starts. The best way to have a great day is to start it off the morning right. And the best way to have a great morning is to set it up the night before. So just stacking that up, putting, setting the dominoes up so it's an easy little tap and success is pretty much guaranteed once you get that discipline dialed in. Completely agree. I actually, um, I don't know if you've read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, uh, definitely one of my favorites. But the part that I really liked more than anything about it wasn't the process of setting habits. It was the utilization of micro habits that lead you to do those good habits. So if you're, you know, you're coming home from work, 
you want to get that workout in, but you know you're going to be tired, don't go home and put your comfy clothes on first and then expect that you're going to go back upstairs, change your clothes again into your gym clothes, and then get your workout done. Because honestly, the hardest part of that whole process is going back upstairs to change your clothes again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just interviewed recently uh, Jamie Kelsey. She is a uh, up-and-coming bodybuilder going for a pro card uh, next year, also a Cortland graduate. And she had one of the best micro habits that I've heard. We were talking literally about micro habits and habits. And I said, do you utilize anything like that? And she goes, I use the ultimate micro habit. I get up at 3 a.m. every morning to do my cardio and I sleep in my gym clothes. Mm-hmm. So I literally roll out of bed onto the treadmill. There's nothing that I need to do between the point of getting out of bed and getting on the treadmill, except maybe going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I was like, that is the ultimate micro habit. I love that. You know, everyone loves the first part of whenever you start a new program and motivation is high, inspiration is high, and you start to get a couple quick results really quick uh, in the process. And then all of a sudden, a lot of people hit that dreaded plateau where it's not just in fitness, it's in their business, uh, whatever it may be. What type of, you know, do you have any feedback or advice for people that get stuck and they're unsure how to really push through that plateau and continue progressing? Oh, yeah, that's that's easy. You got to find a mentor or a coach or somebody who's been there before you. It's like with without without that, you're just guiding yourself through the forest and you have no idea where you're going. If you got someone who's been there, they know that they know the trail, they know the trees that turn out and and they can be there to assure you. So when you when things are looking rough, you have someone who's already been there, it's 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 a no-brainer. Uh, I'm a huge fan of mentors and I invest a lot in my own personal development with my coaching business, with my own personal development, with with everything, skills that I'm trying to learn and get better at. And it's it's the surefire way to kind of expedite the results that you're looking to get. You're not necessarily paying for for you're, what you're paying for with coaching and mentors and just seeking and reading books and all this other information is you're expediting the process. You're taking their knowledge of where they've been and, and you're bypassing it. You're taking the shortcut through it by using what they've already been through. 100%. Love that. Many people today, we're always looking for the fast track, the secret, you know, the word secret today alone is like a dopamine inducing word because everyone's like, oh my gosh, I need to learn something that I didn't know. Or um, we've become so focused on what is perfect. And I see people do this all the time. I actually used to have people say, I will come and sign up at your gym. I just need to get in shape first. You know, I remember reading books that were where people would be like, oh, I've had this happen to me. And I was like, no one is really going to say that. I heard that so often. Uh, that I just need to get in shape first. I remember looking at him like, well, you're crazy. But if you had one, because everyone today loves a hack, right? We have biohacking today, we have nutrition hacking today. Everyone loves a hack. If you had one thing that you would call a hack for fitness success alone, of one thing that you could do that leads you on the right path, what would it be? I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily considered a hack, um, but I would just say, just, just get going. Like it, it doesn't take much to get the wheels rolling in terms of fitness and getting yourself in shape, it can be something as simple as just going for a walk. And you don't, you can, you can wear 
you can wear like it doesn't even need to be athletic you can just get going you can wear your suit outside you can whatever it is you can just get going just get a couple extra steps in and um i guess i guess actually if i could backtrack i would say the hack would be a little bit of awareness so just being paying attention to what you're at where you're at currently and just just moving the dial one little notch forward doesn't have to be crazy it doesn't have to be a full dive into a 100 mile race it's just take that first step just take one more step than you did yesterday and technology today is very readily available for tracking and figuring out where you're at and quantifying where you're at currently so i would say the awareness aspect would be the hack very cool i like that stress today is something that I don't think we've ever had a more stressed society um, in our entire lives. Even if you go back uh, to the point of the Great Depression, where stress level was at a rate where it was deadly, actually, we seem to be in a very similar situation today um, in, you know, whether it's the stress of life, the stress of entrepreneurship, uh, the stress of relationships that we have, the stress of, of being perfect on social media and living in these Instagram Instagram perfect lives that supposedly everybody has, yet everyone I talk to does not have that Instagram perfect life. <laughs> but tell me from a standpoint of, of how you coach people and how you work with people, how do you help equip individuals with some of the tools and some of the techniques specifically to manage stress and to keep themselves in a very positive uh, mindset going forward? Yeah, um, that's pretty easy to answer, man. Uh, I don't know about yourself personally, but I'm a huge fan of gratitude and just making sure that I'm constantly shifting the perspective because when you shift the perspective, it shapes the reality. So just bringing more positivity towards what you do have and being appreciative of the things that you have and you have access to and those things like that, it greatly changes a lot. and um i at courtland i had i was playing rugby i quickly became captain of the team we won a state championship um i mean i had experience i knew exactly what i was doing fast forward 10 years i ran into a couple of people out in the town of stanford here and they were like hey man you got to come out for the rugby team and i'm like yeah oh, yeah yeah i was captain back in the day i knew i knew exactly what i'm doing i show up to practice and all of a sudden this little voice in my head is like, oh, you're too old. You're washed up. You can't play the same as you used to. Now, all of a sudden, I'm running around practice. I'm missing catches. I'm throwing the ball radically. And I'm like, what, what's going on? This is not me. And I had shifted the perspective in my head that I was this washed up athlete and I was no longer who I used to be. But as soon as the first game came around, I wasn't even sure if I was going to play or not. First 10 minutes go by and I'm sitting on the sideline and I'm like, oh, shoot, uh, I made a huge mistake. I don't know these guys. These guys have been playing together for years and I'm just washed up. I'm not going to get the chance and I'm not who I used to be. And sure enough, I had an opportunity to get in. I get running around. It was like nothing. As soon as I got out there, it was as if I had just stepped on the field after like our last game and it came rushing back to me. And it dawned on me that I still am an athlete. I train hard every day. And one of my pillars is you train hard, you live easy. You build that resilience to overcome anything. So I'm out there, I'm running around still. And I'm one of the older guys in the team too, by the way. Um, so running around, having fun. And it just snapped back. And I'm like, I, I still am an athlete. 
not the same athlete I was in, at college, but I am still an athlete. And I can still hang with these younger guys and I can still run and play. And from there, it's it shifted a lot and bring, tying in the gratitude and just, the, again, with the awareness of, hey, what is it that I have? What can I do? Who am I? Really helps. And with the stress, it's just shifting that perspective. Because once that moves over and you realize, okay, this is where I'm at. Everything is going to be okay. I can handle these stressors. Let me slow things down, chop it up into smaller bite-sized bits where I can handle it. It Stress falls apart. That's amazing. It really ties into, you know, what I think you're, you touched on it with gratitude, but it, it really is mindfulness and just being mindful of your situation. Um, and yes, even if things are totally bad around you, you got to find uh, that good portion. And I think, you know, mindfulness has taken this thing where we just have to be so mindful and wonderful every day. And I just, one of the podcasts that I follow is called Modern Wisdom with Chris Williamson. And he brought up a great point the other day of saying, what if mindfulness was just something that it was two or three seconds at multiple points throughout the day where you realized and you took in what was going on around you and you found the good in any situation, good, bad, or indifferent. And the example that he gave, which I thought was fascinating, was if you've seen the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe. And in the opening scene of the movie, it starts out with a bird, a really pretty bird that's sitting on a leaf. And as the camera zooms back out, you realize that it is a horrible, disgusting, gory battlefield. But all that Russell Crowe's character was seeing at that moment was the good thing that was going on in that moment, which was this beautiful bird on a leaf. And when he said it, I was like, oh, my God, that we can use that in every single day, in every situation that we have. Uh, no matter what's going on around us, if we find one thing um, in a room, even if a room, if you're getting yelled at by your boss uh, at work and everything's just terrible and you're looking around the room, if you find something in that room, like, man, that plant is amazing. Or this one second of mindfulness just to reset your mindset uh, mm-hmm. is so powerful. And I, I think you did exactly that in that situation. I've got, I've got a, a perfect ex- uh, example for you. I was traveling down to Atlanta for a speaking opportunity. And my flight gets in super late. I'm talking like an hour and a half later than I was supposed to. So it's like midnight right now. And I have to be at this event the next morning at 8 a.m. Get there. I go to the rental car place and it's the venue is an hour and a half away. So I get to the rental car place and they don't have any cars available for me. So I'm like, uh, what what am I supposed to do? I have a confirmation and they're explaining, they're like, oh, you booked through the third party and it's not on us. I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. So in my head, I'm like, great. Now I got to Uber to the hotel. Then I got to Uber to the venue for the two days and to and from the venue both days. And I'm like, great, this is going to cost me a couple extra bucks that I wasn't looking to spend. I get to the hotel. I wake up early. I go downstairs. Um, having breakfast. It's seven o'clock, 7.15 rolls around. I'm like, okay, I should call an Uber to make sure that I get to the venue by 8 a.m. It's in the middle of nowhere. So there's no Ubers around. And it's Saturday morning and I'm like, great, what am I supposed to do? So I look at it and it's a 45 minute walk. And I'm like, you know what? I just started this step challenge with my coaching clients. So everybody just started their steps up and I was nervous that I wasn't going to be able to get my steps in and and make sure that I hold myself to a standard of getting a lot of steps in. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm dressed up. 
I got my bag. I got everything. I'm huffing it through the woods right now. I'm taking shortcuts. I'm on Google Maps. I'm like, all right, if I cut through this backyard, I'll be able to get there and I'll <laughs> save a little bit of time. I'm wandering through people's backyards and I'm just trying to get to this venue. And I get there two minutes late. So I get there and I'm like, great. Now I've got this great story to share. I got my steps in so I can share the story with my clients and talking about how I still got my steps in and I turned this terrible situation into a great thing. And then once I walked in, I saw two people that I saw in the elevator going down for breakfast who I held the elevator open for them. I saved it and let them walk in. And they're like, oh, you were staying at the same hotel. How about you bum a ride with us back? So boom, got my steps in, turned a negative situation into a positive, And I made some friends. <laughs> that is awesome. That is a great story. And absolutely. It's, you know, you have to life throws stuff at us that we just don't expect. And mm -hmm. I just did a podcast episode recently about David Goggins and actually trying to break down uh, some of the quotes that he says, whether it's carrying boats, carrying logs, you don't know me, uh, or, or stay hard. And really what he's talking about is being able to stay resilient and to, when you are presented with situations that you don't expect, being able to deal with those situations and not only not only just deal with them but thrive in them and that is exactly what you did so kudos to you man that's awesome you you are literally living what you're teaching and what you're preaching to your clients and that's uh in many ways rare today because i see a lot of hype uh, especially on the internet today of we do this for you we do that for you um you're actually doing it so kudos I to you i that. appreciate that thank you that's really cool. Let me ask you a question though, because, you know, long-term sustainability, I talked about sustainable success before, but long-term sustainability in life um, is becoming more and more important. If you go back to what we were just talking about, how life throws you curveballs you don't expect, you need to be resilient. You need to have that sustainability going forward because life is absolutely a marathon. Uh, such a tiny percentage of people actually run a marathon in their life, but everyone lives one. Everyone's living through that marathon every day. Um, it's not a sprint. We want it to be a sprint so bad so we can exert what I call the uh, minimum effective load and just do the little as possible to be able to get the maximum result. And uh, that's how dreams die. That's how goals get erased off of a piece of paper. What role do you feel like you play in ensuring that the people that you work with, they adopt fitness, wellness habits that contribute to that marathon level of success that they're going to need in life going forward? That's a great question. Thinking about that, one of, one of my pillars that I try to teach with my coaching program is it's about like, it's about who you are and who you surround yourself with. The cliche is everyone, you know, you're the, some of the five closest people you hang out with. And I've kind of taken that and I've altered it a little bit and I've created a team triangle. Okay. So at the top of the triangle, you got one space and I use that as a coach and a mentor. So somebody that you look up to and use as an educational source or a motivational source or somebody aspirational that you want to be the next level down is your captains. So you've got your coach, you've got your captains, and these are your three closest people that you associate with and that you can call on that would be there to support you no matter what. And they're the captains of your team. And the next level down is your crew. 
So these are the guys that you just happen to interact with all the time and you can call up for to hang out, go grab a drink or play some pickup basketball or something like that. They're, they're the people that are around and they play a small role in everyday life but you amplify that over years and years and years, and that really does shape it. So you wanna make sure that you're surrounding yourself with also a solid crew as well. The role that I see myself in, I try to I try to position myself in any position on the team triangle for any of my friends and clients, whether that's shifting up and down. I can be the, the coach who I'm trying to share some of my insights and share my experiences that maybe can save somebody some hardship down the road, or maybe a captain where somebody needs some some support. They need an extra hand, something that I can help with, resources, time, energy, whatever it may be. Or even just a crew, just somebody that somebody can call up on and, hey, Rob, what's going on this weekend, man? You you doing anything fun? Sure, let's let's head it, let's head out, let's do something, let's hit the golf course or something, whatever it might be. So I think my role is being adaptable and being able to switch up and down in that team triangle and and helping out wherever somebody else needs the most help that's fascinating i love that it's a great model and i think it i could absolutely see it being very very beneficial to people in all walks of life whether it's fitness uh whether it's business or even relationships or just you know emotional uh or physical status that someone's trying to, to work through that's incredible very cool Thank you. I know you said before you put yourself a little bit on a digital detox from uh, almost too much personal growth, personal development, um, pulling it out of podcasts. But let me ask, in the time you've been doing this or just any time throughout your life, have there been any specific books, podcasts, or resources that really significantly impacted your personal growth and your mindset? If so, would you share it with the audience? Yeah, uh, I've got a pretty solid bookshelf over here of a bunch of different uh, books that I really find impactful. But I would say initiating the whole journey, specifically in the entrepreneurial world, was Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week, as a lot of people kind of dove into that. Not necessarily because it was like the shortcut kind of getting through it, but because it was kind of creative and think and helping me kind of get outside the box. Because at the time that's when I was building my book of business and I was scaling up to those 10 hour work days. And that's all I saw was just that one stream of income and reading that book kind of helped open up my eyes to like, okay, what are some other avenues that I can do? What else can I do at the same time that I don't necessarily need to trade 60 minute training session for X amount of dollars. So that, that book there was great. I really liked man up by Bedros Koulian. I don't know if you know who that guy is, but he's uh, he's one of my mentors and I've worked with him with coaching in the past and he's a great guy. And uh, that book was powerful in the business and in just personal development world as well. So those two are pretty solid ones. So we definitely have a serious connection there. Um, in 2017, I walked away from a very, very successful career to start MindFit. And um literally gave my notice to work and it was, I'm going to go 4,000 miles an hour. And as I was in the process of making that decision and, and getting ready to make that transition, I stumbled on Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is really what helped push me to make that decision. So 
if you saw me grin from ear to ear when you said that that title, that is why, because that book had a huge and still does to this day. I can't say I sat down and read it. I listened to the audiobook uh, version of it, and I'm pretty sure I can recite the first half of the book word for word uh, after listening to it about 55 times. So completely agree with you on that. That's awesome. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, finally, you know, what message or mantra do you live by that you'd like to share with our audience really as a source of inspiration? You know, I, I jokingly always say you snooze, you lose, um, just because there's so many different ways you can kind of go with that as in like building that discipline, don't hit the snooze, kind of get up, roll out of bed and get rolling. But really it would be, I feel like I, I'm aware of myself always saying this nonstop now. It just seems like it's been like repeating every time I'm talking to an audience or in individuals at networking events or even just out of the bar. And I really think it's, it's that mindfulness and that awareness of where you're at present, where you want to be, knowing where you've been and just, just the awareness. So I would, I would say it's just, if I was to boil it down, I would say slow down look where you're at and figure out where you want to go. I think that would be my mantra. Excellent. I love that. That is absolutely a word, absolute words to live by. And you clearly are the real deal. You are li- living the epitome of the life that you are trying to help others live and huge kudos to you, man. Absolutely huge kudos. Uh, let me ask you, um, kind of in closing here, but for people that want to learn more about you, about your programs, uh, about what you do, how do people find you? Uh, it's pretty, uh, you can source me on any social media, just Rob Tracy, T-R-A-C as in cat, Z as in zebra. Uh, it's a little weird of a name, but robtracy.com, you can find a little bit of information on my speaking. You can tapstraining.com is my coaching business and supplements. And just Rob Tracy on social media, pretty much uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's the best way to connect with me. Awesome. And I'll make sure that all your links are in the description for the episode. So for everybody listening, uh, just check out the description. All of Rob's links will be there. Uh, if you'd like to work with Rob or find out more about what he's doing, uh, I'm sure he'd love every second of that, which is really, really cool. Rob, thank you so much for your time for this episode. I truly appreciate it. I got a ton out of it. I'm sure the listeners did too. And uh, you know, I wish you the best with everything. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you for having me. This has been a blast and look forward to connecting with you in the future, man. That sounds great. Thanks, Rob. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure if you want to check out more information about Rob and the amazing things he does with people, make sure you check out the links in the description. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't miss another one. Click subscribe. So stay driven, everybody. And until next time.